the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The U.S. announces more sanctions on Russia. We're going to stifle Russia's ability and its economy to grow for years to come. Bipartisan skepticism on the new Iran deal. They don't have Democrat support for this deal. Texas Governor Greg Abbott to send illegal immigrants to the U.S. Capitol. Texas is providing charter buses to send these illegal immigrants to Washington, D.C. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast, your first look at today's top stories for Thursday, April 7th. I'm Mike Scott. NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg has warned that Russia's military is regrouping its forces to deploy them to the eastern and southern areas of Ukraine for a crucial phase in the war. We are now in the critical phase uh, of the war. We see that Russia, are, uh, Russia is moving forces out of uh, the north uh, to reinforce uh, them, to resupply them, to rearm them, and then to move them into the east, where we uh, are expecting uh, a major uh, offensive. Borodyanka is a town northwest of Kiev, which the Russians seized in preparation for an assault on the capital. Like Bucha, it's now been liberated by Ukrainian forces after the Russians withdrew to Belarus, eyeing a coming offensive to the east. Reporters are inside Borodyanka to see the devastation firsthand. The Russian military tactic in Borodyanka seems to have been bombing residential complexes rather than going after civilians in the street one by one. We've made it to the town of Borodyanka, which is northwest of Bucha, and somehow, I didn't, didn't know it was possible, but the devastation is even worse. I mean, look at that. That's an apartment building uh, just sort of chopped in half. The mayor says when this invasion began, Russia actually sent its jets over this town, that they bombed it from the sky, knowing full well that there were civilians here. And the great fear is that as Ukraine retakes more and more land on the way up towards the Russian border, that they'll discover more atrocities, possibly even worse than the ones we've already seen, because Russians were here for that much longer. The other thing about this town is that all you really hear is the sound of crows. There are very few people, because there's nothing for them to come back to. There's nothing really for people to have survived here. On Capitol Hill, the United States has announced new sanctions targeting Russia in retaliation for war crimes in Ukraine. The U.S. blocked two key Russian banks and also sanctioned Russian President Vladimir Putin's two adult daughters. President Biden says sanctions have wrecked Russia's economy now and for the future. Because we've cut Russia off from importing technologies like semiconductors and encryption security and critical components of quantum technology that they need to compete in the 21st century, we're going to stifle Russia's ability and its economy to grow for years to come. And the president went on to say that they're sending more weapons 
to Ukraine. Advanced drones, laser-guided rocket systems. Yesterday, I signed another package to send more Javelin missiles, those shoulder-mounted missiles that can take out tanks and armored vehicles. Meantime, at a hearing for the House Armed Services Committee on fiscal 2023 budget requests, Congressman Mike Gallagher of Wisconsin learned the Biden administration is not being forthright in regards to the U.S. military budget. Gallagher tells the Hugh Hewitt Show that the Biden administration is playing a shell game with the military and its budget. In real terms, uh, in real world terms, this is a cut to defense and the administration is fudging the numbers juking the stats in order to try and tell the American people that they are increasing the defense budget, which is obviously not true. What they're trying to do, both in terms of the numbers and in terms of the strategy, this strategy of integrated deterrence, is to cut conventional hard power and bet on the idea that soft power and non-military instruments of, of power could make up for the, dis- the difference I think that's a dangerous, dangerous illusion. Gallagher says that American attempts to deter Russian President Putin failed. And the only thing that may have deterred him is American strength. Perhaps the only thing that could have potentially deterred Vladimir Putin was American hard power. This is relevant for the discussion over how we might deter Xi Jinping Uh, in his attempted invasion of Taiwan. We need to put hard power in the path of Xi to have a chance of deterring. It's also relevant to the bigger budget debate, because if that's the lesson we learned in Ukraine, that if we rely on non-military instruments, deterrence is bound to fail or more likely to fail, then it makes absolutely no sense to be cutting American hard power But that is what the Biden administration is proposing to do. Gallagher also says that the Navy is planning on cutting the U.S. fleet at a time when our national security needs it the most. If the Navy pursues this plan of cutting the fleet from 298 ships, 280, 284 over the next five years, it means we are going to be weakest precisely at the moment when we need to be strongest, which is at the midpoint of this decade. She has set the goal of a modern, capable PLA force by 2027 that is able to pursue unification of Taiwan by force if necessary. House Democrats expressed concerns on Wednesday about a looming Iran nuclear deal as efforts by the Biden administration to revive the Obama-era agreement are underway. Lawmakers have been skeptical about reviving that agreement with senators on the left and right, raising concerns that the administration isn't being completely transparent about negotiations. New Jersey Democrat Representative Josh Gottheimer says he believes Iran will not abide by any part of that deal. If Iran has proven anything, It said that they can't be trusted. Gottheimer expresses disbelief on using Russian President Putin to negotiate 
the new Iran deal. Are we seriously going to let a war criminal, Vladimir Putin, be the guarantor of this deal? Meantime, Republican Congressman Andy Barr of Kentucky tore into the Biden administration over trying to get a new deal struck. This uh, Biden administration effort to rejoin uh, the Iran nuclear deal is flawed in at least three ways. One, flawed in process. Two, flawed in substance. And three, flawed in verification protocols. Barr says that an agreement like a renewed Iran nuclear deal should be treated like a treaty and given to Congress. Flawed in process because, as uh, my colleague Congressman Zeldin pointed out, uh, uh, an agreement of this magnitude should be submitted to the Congress in the form of a treaty. Uh, That's why I introduced the Iran Nuclear Deal Advise and Consent Act, which would require a mission by the Biden administration to the Senate uh, to treat this uh, as a treaty. ANARA is, of course, current law. I do not have confidence uh, in speaking to the administration that they will submit uh, this to the Congress because they don't have the support. They don't have Democrat support for this deal. And so they're going to, they, I predict, will violate the terms of ANARA. Barr goes on to say that under the Trump administration, heavy sanctions were working. And now the Biden administration wants to repeal many of those sanctions. Second, on substance, the maximum pressure campaign that the previous administration had engaged with was working. Uh, Iran's foreign currency reserve dropped 95 percent because of the re-imposition of tough sanctions on Iran. The Iranian military budget dropped 25 percent, and Iranian militia proxies cut the pay of their fighters in half. Maximum pressure was working. Why on earth would we uh, relieve uh, that pressure uh, is beyond me. And then finally, on verification, the Congress and the Foreign Affairs Committee specifically was briefed uh, by Director General uh, Grossi of the IAEA, and it was very clear to both Democrats and Republicans that under the previous JCPOA, verification was flawed because by the terms of the JCPOA, additional protocols were not in place. Barr also says that when he asked the Biden administration about additional protocols to ensure Iran was not enriching uranium, he never received an answer. What that means is that when there is an undeclared site of nuclear activity, where there's evidence of nuclear activity at an undeclared site, typically the IAEA implements additional protocols where they are allowed to investigate those sites. The very terms of the JCPOA did not allow the IAEA to put into place those additional protocols. I have pressed the Biden national security team on whether or not additional protocols would be part of a second JCPOA. They have not answered that question. Look for that. As the press corps, you need to ask and press the Biden administration on these additional protocols. If there are no additional protocols, there's no verification. It is a flawed deal. Responding to the recent announcement that the Biden administration will lift a pandemic-era immigration policy that allows authorities to turn away migrants, Governor Greg Abbott unveiled a plan to have Texas state troopers in riot gear placed at the border to meet migrants and bus them straight to the steps of the U.S. Capitol in Washington. To help local officials whose communities are being overwhelmed by hordes of illegal immigrants who are being dropped off by the Biden administration. Texas is providing charter buses to send these illegal immigrants who have been dropped off by the Biden administration to Washington, D.C. 
We are sending them to the United States Capitol where the Biden administration will be able to more immediately address the needs of the people that they are allowing to come across our border. To get that going, I'm going to sign a letter to Chief Nim Kidd with the Texas Division of Emergency Management who will be in charge of this operation. The governor's office did clarify the program is voluntary for migrants and would happen only after they have been processed and released by the Department of Homeland Security. In addition to buses, Abbott also ordered the state to charter flights to transport migrants to the nation's capital. The migrants would have to show documentation that they had already been processed by DHS. Meantime, Lieutenant Governor of Texas Dan Patrick joined the Salem Radio Network to announce that Texas will also adopt a version of Florida's parental rights in education bill. Florida and Texas, and Texas and Florida, you can flip-flop them, have led the nation on so many areas. Sometimes we pass legislation that Florida follows up on, and sometimes they do that we follow up on. And when I looked at this bill in Florida, I just, I said, we need it in Texas. Patrick says that children in kindergarten wouldn't understand lessons about gender identity. All we're saying is we don't want our kindergarten, first and second graders taught these topics. There's no need for it. They don't understand it. Parents don't want it. The Texas lieutenant governor goes on to say that getting pushback on the law tells him they're probably doing the right thing. For the left, uh, for the Democrats who are bought into this issue, by them fighting an idea of Texas passing a similar law, what does that tell you? They want to teach these things. Oklahoma lawmakers have approved a near-total ban on abortion in that state. Daybreak Insider's Bernie Bennett has final details. Lawmakers in Oklahoma approved a near-total ban on abortion, making it the latest Republican-led state to move on legislation as Supreme Court weighs a case that could overturn Roe v. Wade later this year. The measure, Senate Bill 612, would make performing an abortion, quote, except to save the life of a pregnant woman in a medical emergency, a felony punishable by up to 10 years in prison and a fine of $100,000. The Oklahoma House voted 70 to 14 to send the bill, which passed the Senate last year, to Governor Kevin Stitt, a Republican who vowed in September to sign every piece of pro-life legislation that came on his desk. Bernie Bennett reporting. Executives from BP America, Chevron, Devon Energy, ExxonMobil, Pioneer Natural Resources, and Shell USA are facing tough questions from Democrats on the House Energy and Commerce Committee about their purported role in America's pain at the pump. Democrats tried to hammer the executives over why gas prices haven't fallen in tandem with crude prices accusing the fossil fuel firms of engaging in profiteering at the expense of American consumers. In testimony at a House Energy and Commerce Subcommittee hearing, BP America Chairman David Lawler says while they operate about 10% of their gas stations, it's a complex set of factors that impact the price of gas. The price of oil that's entering a refinery could have been purchased at a higher price And therefore, that price then flows through all the way to the station. It's not necessarily an instantaneous market. There's also quite a a reflection of supply risk. Meanwhile, Republican Representative Kathy McMorris-Rogers says oil companies are not to blame for prices at the pump. This is not the Putin price hike or the result of companies suddenly deciding to make money in 2022. 
This is the Biden price hike. India and Australia's trade ministers say a shared security partnership with the United States and Japan has helped them strike a trade deal that Australia hopes will reduce its dependence on exports to China. Daybreak Insider's Jeremy House has more details. India's commerce minister is heading up a business mission to Australia to explore new opportunities created by the interim deal. India views the agreement as a diplomatic coup that deepens its engagement with Australia at a time when it's under pressure to take a stronger stand against Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Both countries belong to the security bloc known as the Quad, which also includes the United States and Japan. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen says that Russia's actions in Ukraine have enormous economic repercussions in Ukraine and beyond. Yellen says a number of international financial groups have been assisting Ukraine. Since the start of the war, rapid IMF and World Bank assistance has allowed Ukraine fiscal space to pay salaries for civilians, soldiers, doctors and nurses, while also meeting its external debt obligations. Also, Yellen believes Russian actions will have an enormous economic repercussion around the world. Spillovers from the crisis are heightening economic vulnerabilities in many countries that are already facing higher debt burdens and limited policy options as they recover from COVID-19. And finally, singer and teen idol of the early 1960s, Bobby Rydell, has died. A spokesperson said in a statement that Rydell died of complications from pneumonia Tuesday at a hospital. Rydell got his big break in 1959 on American Bandstand. His first hit, Kissing Time, quickly followed, and the 17-year-old rocketed to stardom. Between 1959 and 1964, he had a string of nearly three dozen top 40 hits, including Valare. He also had a major role opposite Anne Margaret in the 1963 film Bye Bye Birdie. In a May 2016 Associated Press interview, Rydell said he was fortunate a song like Volari came into his life. You know, I was very, very lucky in my career to have, you know, quite a few hit records. But uh, Volari is my walk-on music, my bow music, and, of course, my signature song. Absolutely. Bobby Rydell was 79. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.